Coming up next, we're talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King. Sally Lucas joining me, Jan Klein. And today we're going over to Spain for a very special festival. We're also going to head to northwest Argentina. Sally Lucas, uh, when we go travelling, yeah, a little bit of a vaccination is not a bad idea. It's certainly not, Jane, and there's not a lot of areas anymore where we have a lot of compulsory vaccinations, but there's certainly recommended ones that you should have, as we all know about hepatitis and all those usual ones and making sure your tetanus is up to date. But because of the flu outbreak this year, which is already double what it was for the first four months of last year, and there's been a lot of outbreaks on cruise vessels that they're really recommending New South Wales Health that you definitely go and get yourself vaccinated, uh, particularly uh, important for the elderly or anyone that's at increased risk of pneumonia, um, pregnant women, etc. So, and also, you know, try to have it at least two weeks before you depart to make sure it's, it's going to take effect. Um, it doesn't just have to be cruise ships, of course, but I mean, this is one area with all your air conditioning and so on that a disease like that influenza spreads very quickly throughout the vessel. So you don't want to ruin your holiday. So get vaccinated. Mm, okay, flu's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, fly away. Anti-flu. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes. Okay. Now we're off to a couple of really exciting destinations. We today. are some very different ones today. Yeah. Um, we might go to Jerez first, which is in Spain, in the Cadiz province, and it's quite near the city of Cadiz as well. Is it related to sherry? Absolutely. You've got to go there and have a tipple. <laughs> As well as enjoy the food. It's where uh, it comes from, isn't it? Yes, it is where it comes from. And uh, they make a beautiful quality sherry from that area, which I must admit I use in my cooking. The Amontillado and the Soloroso. And is that the kind of cooking where you have a little dish, a little glass? And so- <laughs> no, no, let's not go there. Let's just go no, let's to not go there. Jerez. Anyway, the Jerez Horse Fair has just actually finished, but not too late for next year. And it always follows on from the uh, fair in Sevilla. And it does vary a bit from year to year. It's usually either end of April or into into the first week of May. And it's one of three major festivals that's held in this city, which is in that southwestern corner of Andalusia. And, of course, it's famous for those horses. And I know we've got clients, actually, who are specifically going there because of their their love of horses and breeding of horses. But it was back in 1264, in the 13th century, that Alfonso X, the wise he was called, completed a reconquest of the city. And as a perpetual commemoration, he granted two annual duty-free fairs, one in April and the other in October. So this has gone a long way back. And so you get this wonderful procession of horses of all shapes. And the the costuming, Jane, is spectacular. I haven't seen it there, but I've seen it in Sevilla when they've had their fair. And again, the domination is the use of horses. The ladies sit side saddle with their beautiful flounced skirts and bright colours. It's just magnificent. They have the old carriages. So it's just spectacular to see. And the park where this is held covers 52,000 square metres. And so there's displays of horsemanship in all forms and styles and riding competitions and classical dressage, polo, displays of carriage driving, uh, flamenco displays, a fun fair, over 200 casitas where you can go and get a nice little bit of food and a little bit of drink to go with it. And apparently the uh, locals drink their the fino sherry, but you see them mixing it with lemonade or Sprite. Isn't oh. that interesting? Mm. And it's called a rebollito. 
Anyway, there you go. Interesting things to do in Spain. And if you really love horses, which I know a lot of our Upper Hunter residents are very attached to horses and our horse breeding area, what a wonderful thing to do and incorporate that into your holiday in Spain. So just fabulous. A little bit of local tradition to uh, to enjoy too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And Jane, we have mentioned recently, but I'll just briefly mention again the concerns that are mounting over these new South um, African visa laws. And it was due to come in last year and then they deferred it. But as of the 1st of June, and I'll just repeat this again, all visitors under the 18 years of age who are travelling with both parents must provide an unabridged birth certificate to enter the country. Minors travelling with a single parent must also carry an affidavit from the other parent or a court order granting full parental responsibilities or a death certificate of the other parent. So these are very tough laws and they're worried that it might affect tourism. They're hoping not. And their tourism manager has sort of said that it has been met with apprehension, but the concern is, of course, that they're getting illegal children are coming in and out of the country and it's trying to stop that. So that's why it's happening. It's not that they don't want us there. They do want us there still, but they're just making it more difficult for people to sort of sneak children in over borders and so on. But just keep that in mind. You must check up and make sure you've got that correct documentation if you're travelling with children to South Africa. And we're talking travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel on King and Sally Lucas. Heading into mountains sounds great at this time of year and in another country. In a, an area that isn't quite so well known. No, it's not. They call it the Hidden Argentina. And my pronunciation, I do apologise if my South American Spanish isn't the best, but Quebrada de Umawaka. And it's right up in the northwest tip, if you like, almost of Argentina. And it looks absolutely spectacular. I just, you know, had a good look at it online and the mountains and the colours in the mountains and, you know, everything you can do up there just sounds absolutely wonderful because everyone else gets the all the accolades like Patagonia or the Andes or even Mendoza or Cordoba or you know, Iguazu, we could go on and on. But so this is, if you're wanting to do something really different and go up into this beautiful area, which has got a lot of pre-Columbian ancestry present and, you know, you're up and still in that Andean mountain range. So it's just wonderful. I was reading a road trip someone did through there and talking about all the, um, the little areas they went through on the way, which sounds wonderful, and they recommended driving was a good way of doing it um, because you can just, you know, stop as you feel and whatever you want to do, which is a fantastic thing to do. So they say, you know, you, you get lush green vegetation, but then, of course, it changes as you go across Route 9 into this province of Quebrada de Umawaka. Um, they say if you're unsure exactly where Quebrada begins, which I think means um, a, a big um, valley and gorge is what where that comes from, uh, there's a large road sign just before the town of a Vulcan, which proclaims that you have entered the most beautiful landscape in the country. Ah. So there you go. That's a claim. Isn't it a claim? So is it fairly high up then in the Andes? Well, yeah, well, it looks like it is when you look at the map, and I had a quick look at that, and you're very close to the border of Chile to your left, if you're looking, or to the west, and to Bolivia in the north. So you're really way up in that that top region. Um, And there's 143 kilometres, they say, of expanding valleys surrounded by high mountain peaks and palette-painted rocks. And when you look at the colours of the rocks, they are just stupendous. It just looks someone's paint, 
has painted them. You know, it just looks absolutely wonderful. So there's a lot you can do there, of course. You, you, local, uh, the local cuisine, sorry, the empanadas, of course, which are very famous there, but lots of other things as well. Um, it's sort of not as touristy, I suppose, as some of the other areas, and you can also stay in local accommodation as well. Um, and there's also quite near there is Las Salinas Grandes, which are big salt flats, which apparently provide most of the world's salt which I didn't realise, and it's Argentina's biggest um, salares or, or salt flats. And you actually drive through them with you know, piles of you know, salt on one side of the road and on the other. So very, very different. Um, and there's another town they go to called Tilcara, and there is actually a town called um, Umawaka as well. Um, but they said it can get quite hot there in the summer. Everyone has siestas, even though you're still up high. Um, but just looks absolutely fascinating. And, of course, the local musicians play in the streets and busk. And it, I think just a, a different part of Argentina that you might like to include in your itinerary, particularly maybe if you've been to South America before, and done the usual Buenos Aires or Rio Iguazu, and you're looking for something different to do, and you might be doing it in conjunction, say, with you know, Bolivia and Chile up, so you're doing it all in that one region. You could include this area, the top part of Argentina, because it's such a long country, Jane, when you think about it. It goes all the way down to Ushuaia to the tip. Um, so it, it's a huge country in its own right and does deserve a lot more time, I think, than just the couple of usual places we go to. Hmm. Well, Argentina revealing lots of new uh, surprises for us. Absolutely. And uh, South America itself, I had some clients the other day, and you know, they were wanting to do South America, and they gave me their itinerary, and I said, that's impossible. You know, people forget how huge a continent South America is. And they're wanting to do from the Galapagos to the Amazon to Chile to Patagonia to an Antarctic cruise to Buenos Aires and Iguazu and do it all in five weeks. And I said, no, can do. You know, you need at least probably seven weeks to do that or just try and concentrate on the south or the north rather than trying to do everything. It'd be like trying to do all of Europe or anywhere, but you know, South America is much bigger than Europe. So you just remember that when you're looking at South America, it is a huge continent. Just try and concentrate your travels in you know, an area. And that's Talking Travel for today. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. We'll be back Talking Travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.